God calls us to train up our children in the way they should go. So why is it that these conversations can be difficult? Join Dana Gresh and guest Christian singer-songwriter Rebecca St. James as they discuss what it looks like to be proactive with our children. This podcast was recorded in the K-Love Studios in Nashville, Tennessee, where Dana visited with Rebecca St. James. I want to talk to you about being a mom. Love it. You're a Love mom. It. <laughs> did you see my face light yes, up? Yes, <laughs> I did. You have three. Tell us about your three Aww. babies. I, was, I, I just feel so thankful. I don't think I will ever take for granted the fact that I'm a wife or that I'm a mom. Mm. Um, yeah, definitely getting emotional talking about it because I just, it was so long in, in the waiting for both of those parts of my life. And I think I will live the rest of my life just so thankful to Jesus that he allowed me the privilege of both of those. So mm. it's a delight to talk about being a mom. So um, we have a six-year-old, a two-year-old, and a baby. Yeah. And so um, I just feel really grateful to shepherd these little lives. And I think one of the things that I'm, I'm learning in this season is just they are his, they're mm. not mine. I think sometimes as a mom you can feel this false sense of control, like I can protect them from this and that and this and that, or and, and heaven forbid something happened on my watch. But I... I feel challenged lately just to come back to they are his. He can look after them way better than I can um, in all the ways that matter. And he's just called me and my husband to look after them for this part mm-hmm. of their lives where mm-hmm. they're they're growing up and then going to spread their own wings, you know. Yeah. And then we become coaches and mentors to them, you know, right. for yeah. other parts of life. But but just in re-entrusting them back to him, I think mm-hmm. that's a big thing that he's teaching me lately. I'm still learning that. My oldest baby's 30, and I'm still learning that. Oh. I think we just learn it and relearn it, learn it and relearn okay. it, learn it and relearn it. Okay. But they're his. Yes. Um, you know, I feel like I look back when you were uh, a teenager and you were ministering from the stage, you understood things that were beyond your years. That's one of the reasons why I referred to you as a role model and recommended you to Thank moms. You. And now, as I listen to you talk about your babies, I want to talk about your six-year-old mm. because I'm hearing things. I'm like, how'd she know that? How's she doing that so well? You believe that there are important conversations to have with your daughter that a lot of moms are afraid of. So talk to me a little bit about why you, how you're developing foundational truths about, really, they're the topics you've always been passionate about, mm-hmm. modesty, purity, mm-hmm. beauty, yeah. how we present ourselves. How are you talking to your six-year-old about those things? So we had a, I, I had a, kind of a sobering conversation with, with our daughter just recently, and she came to me with this really sad look on her face and said, Mommy, I don't think I'm beautiful. Mm. And, um, oh, gosh, it was one of those moments as a mom that you're like, where is this coming from? Like, she doesn't watch, like, normal TV. Like, I mean, she watches some kids' shows, but it's like cartoons. Like, like where, where is this coming from? Because she's not exposed to a bunch of cultural ideas of beauty. And I think what hit me in that moment was innately in all of us as women, there's this desire to be beautiful. Like, I even think of the John Eldridge book, Captivating. You know, it's just in our heart to want to be, to want to be beautiful and to um, to be to be attractive and to feel that about ourselves, 
And so anyway, I ended up taking her to the mirror and with her looking at that mirror and saying, look at that lovely girl that God made you to be. You are so lovely. Look at that beautiful smile. Look at your lovely hair. But the greater thing than encouraging her exterior beauty is something that we're trying to do every day, my husband and I, and that is speak to the loveliness of her spirit. Mm -hmm. And I keep saying like to her, I'm so thankful that God made you to be such a sweet girl and so kind. Look how kind you were to your sister that you were sharing with her. Look how you you put your arms around Imogen and comforted her in that moment. I'm so proud of that loveliness of your character. God made you to be so mm-hmm. kind and 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 how you're listening to him and how you're honest. Like mm-hmm. she's committed to truth. I'm so thankful. So we're trying to instill in her that sense of internal beauty yeah. more than anything. I love that so much. And I think that's so important. I feel like we live in a world that values the external beauty so yes. much that it's at the expense. We we just naturally um, default. It's easier to see that. Yeah, yeah. We default to, you look beautiful. You're right. gorgeous. You know, I've been learning even in my relationships with friends if I compliment them when I see them, I want to add to it, um, you know, you look so beautiful and fresh today. That's just, it reminds me of how your spirit shows up when we pray together. You know, it's beautiful. Yes. And, and I'm just trying to like yes. get out Reach of all the language. Even. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, so as your daughter, six years old, um, you're starting to have sort of foundational conversations about beauty. What are your plans and intentions as a couple as you approach conversations about these topics that have been on your heart for so many years? Yeah. Modesty and purity, when are you going to start those conversations? Well, I think they're kind of starting really in even the ideas that we're talking to her about just in daily life, about marriage, about God's intention for relationships, for it just filters in all the all the seeds that we're planting with her at six. But I I feel like here pretty soon, probably in the next year or two, we're going to do something that you instituted with your eight great dates and mm. um, with True Girl and it used to be Secret Keeper Girl. But you know, I I was involved in in some of the those um, early dates. Ones. Yeah, yeah you got some audio ones, from me. I didn't know it was going to be a thing then. I thought it was just <laughs> going to be a book. And I was like, hey, let's make a, well, we didn't use the word podcast then, but we made a CD, yes. <laughs> good old-fashioned CD yes. for the moms and daughters, you and I together. And yes. yeah, that then it turned into a thing. I love it. So I think we're going to do things like that where her and I will just, I mean, we do spend one-on-one time together, but I think we'll be really intentional about just going out, having a meal together, you know, just having a conversation about these things, asking her, you know, mm-hmm. about how she feels about her own self and 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 talking about purity and talking about modesty and talking mm-hmm. about marriage. I yeah. mean, it, it's going to be intentional in our They're part important. for sure. Yeah. I haven't said it. I say it all the time, but I can never say it enough that what we believe by our 13th birthday is generally what we die believing. Research from Christian George Barna. Yep really spoke to my heart and said, I mean, shifted me from teen ministry, which we still do some of, predominantly to the tweens, believing this is the battleground. This is where truth is planted and flourishes. And so it's not as glamorized. It's not as, you know, I don't as easily get interviews as I do when I release a book for teens, Hmm. but I am writing and ministering to those little hearts as they develop their theology. Yes, and you are modeling the wisdom of a mom who knows these conversations are important, maybe even before we're comfortable with them. Yeah. Like, you don't want to talk about 
sex when your daughter's six, but you are having conversations that are preparing her for the truth of that. Yes. Little sentences. What are some of the sentences you say to her? Well, you know, I mean, even just recently, it's it's interesting what they come home talking about, you know, from school. And she goes to a tutorial. We're homeschooling so that we can travel as a family and do what we do as a family. Um, but they, they talk about marriage and they talk about, you know, some of the topics that are, are talked about in our culture about she came home saying to me, even just recently, so mommy, I told my friends at school that that girls are not meant to marry girls and boys are not meant to marry boys and cousins are not meant to marry cousins because the babies might might, might be handicapped if they marry because God didn't intend that. And she's, I mean, she's kind of laying out wow. all this stuff, That's you big know. Stuff. It was big stuff. So and you've I was like, laid a foundation. Yeah, we are. We're talking about that kind of stuff because it just kind of, it kind of comes up, you know, mm. and she's in this little Christian school. But I mean, I was, I was a parent helper at her school just recently, and I was hearing these kids talking politics. I mean, <laughs> oh now th- this was older kids. This was probably yeah. 12, 10 to 12, uh, that age range. But they are talking about this kind of heavy stuff, and we have to be speaking, okay, what is truth? What did God design? Mm-hmm. What did God design? And yes, things can get off and we don't want to kind of lay heavier stuff on them than what they can handle. But we're affirming, yeah, God created man and woman to get married, um, to have children. Like they're, they're bringing up these pretty heavy things pretty early and we can just come back to truth. Yeah. What did God design? Yes. How, how did he intend it? Yeah. The simplest sentences can be value forming, you know, just saying God intended marriage to be yes. between one man, one woman, yes. or to just say, you know how awesome it is that you're a girl. Yes. God chose for you to be a girl. Yes. You know, that's an important foundational conversation. Yes. Just a sentence, but you say it every now and then. And to your boy, too. I've and heard to your you boy. say that. So, yeah. yeah. And I think it's important to say to girls, boys are awesome. Yes. Because there's a lot of boy bashing in our culture. Yes. You know, there's yeah. a lot in, in an attempt to make women powerful. I think I think it's great that I can vote, own property, and make more money than my husband. Not that I do. I'm just saying that right. I have that opportunity. Right. And uh, But why does it have to be at the expense of his value? Right. Why does it have to be the expense of my son's value? So I always like to say things like, "Guys are boys are great. God made boys. It's great for them to be boys. Yes. I love it. Well, I hope that maybe you were encouraged to talk with your daughter or your son about a conversation you've been like, eh, let me hold off on that by what you just heard. But Rebecca, let's talk about your mom for a minute. Yes. I really I listened to your podcast with you and your mom talking, and I was like, "Well, there's the secret all oh, along." And yeah, my mom's um, amazing. What an amazing mom! So I don't know. You might want to invite your daughter into the conversation right now because we want to talk about the treasured mother daughter relationship. Mm. What's the greatest gift your mom gave you? Think back to when you were twelve, thirteen, just emerging as a musical artist. Um, what were some of the things she was planting in your heart that made you the woman that you are? I think the biggest gift my mom ever gave me was the ability to be completely open with her about everything, Mm. absolutely everything. I knew that my mom was a safe place to go to about questions. Uh, We'd sit on the bed, you know, at the Mm. end of the day and just chat about everything. Yeah. And I didn't, 
I didn't have to hold back at all with her. She gave me time mm. and space and really graciously received me, I feel like, even sometimes when I would be questioning things or concerned about things or fearful about things. She was just such a safe place. So I think the fact that I can call mom not only mentor but friend mm-hmm. is is huge. Now, she was a mom too. She wasn't buddy-buddy, you know, being all best friends, you know, when we were when we were growing up, but as we, you know, cause I think there is a little bit of that tendency in mm-hmm. our culture today. I got to be my kid's BFF, but then maybe keeping good boundaries as a parent yeah. kind of goes out the window because of that. And so she didn't do that. She was pretty firm and strong on, um, on keeping order in our home mm-hmm. and discipline and boundaries. But uh, as we kind of grew and got older, I think there was just this growing, growing friendship that then as we were adults stayed there. Yeah. Like throughout my whole life, I will have um, a mentor and a friend in my mom. Mm, I can hear that when I listen to the podcast, the relationship that's there. Thank you. you know, what, what I heard is so important is she created a space for you to talk about anything. Yes. We surveyed 1,500 tween girls recently as I was writing Lies Girls Believe, and one of the questions we asked was, do you have any secrets about sin? And we were alarmed at the number of 7 to 12-year-old girls who said, yes, either I have a sin I'm struggling with that I'm afraid to tell someone about, including my mom, or I know about someone else's sin, and it's really bad, but I'm afraid to tell my mom. What was the percentage? It was very high. I can't oh. remember off the, off the top of my head, but it was alarmingly oh, high. Crushing. So it's one of the lies we wrote about, mm. um, you know, and, and the fear was in these girls when we asked them, well, I'm afraid my mom will be disappointed or mad. I mean, don't mm-hmm. we all, as, as when we love our parents, we mm-hmm. have that in us. Want to please them, yeah. You have to. Your mom, it sounds like, cultivated that space, probably dug around a little bit in your heart to see what was there that needed to be talked about. Did she? She was available. I think that that's an incredibly important word in parenting. She was available and fostered... Um, her that relationship with her being a trusted place and even with our daughter Gemma who's six we're trying to um instill that in her that that we're a safe place for her to come to us about anything and we really value truth with with her and Mm -hmm. upholding that to the highest degree like no no secrets you don't don't keep secrets from mommy and daddy you need to share everything almost to the level where Sometimes she's coming to us about stuff that is not an issue at all, and it's like, it's okay. I, I'm not. I'm not saying, hey, don't talk to us about that. That's not really that important yeah. because I want her to be able to come about yeah. anything, even the inconsequential yeah. stuff. Um, so she she does, and it's it's actually very precious, like yeah. how much she's coming to us with. Uh, and this happened, mommy. And this happened. Mm-hmm. And and did I do the wrong thing? And I've said to her, look, by you confessing and sharing the truth, even if it's something that we've told you not to do, you are probably not going to get in trouble yes. if you've confessed it to us and told us. That's right. Whereas if you if you don't tell us the truth, you will get you will get in trouble for that for that thing and for not telling That's the truth. Awesome. If we find out another way. So she's just such an open book mm. and we wanna we want to foster that for yeah. her whole life. Well, um, you can't have the gift of that kind of relationship with your 
child when he or she is 15 or 16 or in college unless you've developed yes. it patiently because yes. they do they will you'll be like oh <laughs> this is really my I just need a bubble bath <laughs> yes. but you have to develop that before they're 12 or, yeah. you, or you won't have that gift yeah absolutely so last question for the girls that are listening 12 10 what did you do to press into that relationship with your mom? Because all of us have go through periods or times when we're like, ah, I need to be just me. And we have to choose to press into the wisdom of our mom. What, what advice would you have for the girls listening? You know, I think because like fear has been kind of something that I've struggled with in my life. Uh, and I learned pretty early on that to confess my fear made the anxiety of it really go away for the most part. I I gave time to that. Like I remember just kind of lying on the bed at night telling my dad or my mom, you know, I'm concerned about this or this is heavy on my heart and, and talking it all through. There was such a relief that I felt after I talked about it mm. that yeah. that felt like the reward to me. Like, That's neat. So, uh Sometimes yeah, I, they can't fix the problem, but just, ha- just having them to tell hear it, it. Yeah. just getting it off, Can off feel my chest. So, good. so I just want to encourage, you know, young girls listening, just press into that. If, you've, if you're heavy about something or sad about something and it's overwhelming you, talk about it to your mom or to your dad. And you, I think you'll be super mm. amazed at how just talking about it lifts it off of your shoulders mm. and you don't feel alone in it anymore. So and God created us to, to be that way. He created us for, for community. community. Yeah. yeah. Well, Rebecca, we're so happy you're back. Can you tell us where can we hear your podcast and where can we learn more about your new music? Yeah, sure. Um, well, you can find me, I mean, on Instagram, Facebook and things like that. But uh, the podcast is actually on accessmore.com. It's also on Apple Music and Spotify and places like that. But you can go to accessmore.com and it's Rebecca St. James, Friends and Family. And we talk about everything to do with faith, family life, parenting, marriage. Uh, I I love doing this podcast because I feel like I'm learning from these amazing people like you, Dana, because I've had you on on our Mm -hmm. podcast. And so um, it's a real gift to be be a part of these ministry ventures Mm. for sure. We love it. We're so glad you're back. Friends, my number one recommendation to that number one question, Rebecca St. James, she's back. Get your daughter listening, get her following. And you know what? She's got a lot to teach us too. Thank you, my friend. Connecting with your children can be complicated, but with Dana Gresh's book, Eight Great Dates for Moms and Daughters, you will find helpful answers to your real life questions, along with great mother-daughter activities to bring you closer to one another. Learn more at mytruegirl.com. This podcast was produced by Pure Freedom Ministries.